Thanks for tuning in to the Equip Podcast. My name is Jeff Christ. I'm the lead pastor of Gateway Assembly. We're so excited to bring you some leadership principles and practices to equip you in your calling. We believe that you can do what God has called you to do. So let's get right into it. <laughs> I'm really excited to get into this episode today. This is going to be a special one. I think it's one that's going to be really close to all of our hearts. I know we talk a lot about practical leadership, and we're going to get into more of that in coming episodes, but I thought we'd lean a little more into the Word of God and really tear that apart. Practically as well, though, I, we talk and we do a lot of teaching, a lot of leading, you know, a lot of these things, but something that uh, really struck me in the Word is when the Apostle Paul talks about this, uh, this idea of fathering. And look at this scripture, 1 Corinthians 4, 15. Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. I love in the NASB, it says, countless tutors. Mm. So you got a lot of teachers, but not a lot of fathers. And, and don't we see this is very evident in our culture. A lot of people want to teach. A lot of people want to be out front. But not a lot of people want to do the work of fathering that really builds up a man or woman of God. So I just want to uh, kind of look into not only this generation, but I think every age group. Um, I look at kind of you guys on the outskirts. Um, you were in need of like a father sure. in Christ, and you guys kind of were given one by God. And isn't this the story, um, even probably less than a 50% chance now in this generation of people having sure. true fathers? And so if you guys can help me just kind of lean into this, um, maybe just share, reminisce a little bit, and let's give some perspective even in your life of a spiritual father could you break down uh, somebody in your life why they were why would you define them as a spiritual father and the impact it had on your life well I know for me my spiritual father was my brother Steve um, as far as spiritually he helped bring me to Christ and then walked me along because he had been saved a couple three years and so his availability was a big deal to me his availability for me to step into his life, not just wait for him to step into my life. And so even though he wasn't living with me at the time, he was married, had kids, he had an open door that I could go in, reading the Bible, talk to him about it, you know, we, we just went over there. We didn't have a phone, we didn't have cell phones. Yeah. Our house didn't have a phone. We just, I just went over to his house, he was available to help me and he never talked to me about Christ without praying. He just modeled it. That's awesome. Modeled it. And you see that with the Apostle Paul. He didn't just talk about it. Yeah. He, he modeled it. How about, how about you? Well, David, my spiritual father was my earthly father. Yeah. My dad uh, really impacted my life uh, in the development stages when I was really searching for faith. He had given my life to Jesus at, a, at an early age, but you go through those times of questioning. But I always look back and saw in my dad things that I had to emulate uh, from a spiritual perspective. And, and I would say conversely, for those that have been raised as preacher's kids, like Brother Jeff and I, that you can also see, tragically, a number of kids that had parents in ministry that didn't see the consistency. They saw something in the pulpit that was different than you know, what they saw at home. So I just uh, I thank the Lord. My spiritual father was my dad, but I didn't see any kind of dichotomy mm. of inconsistency. So um, early in the morning praying, 5.30, 6 o'clock, before I woke up, I could hear him calling on the Lord. Wow. You know what, uh, uh, we had family devotions before we left for school. Those things are drilled down in me as a father, but also have greatly impacted my ministry. I, I in, in large part, I'm just really trying to reflect many of the positive things I saw in my dad's ministry. Yeah, that's so good. I especially, I, I know growing up, I, I, you know, I'm a pastor's kid. I went to school with pastor's kids and pastor's kids are typically the worst, yeah. you know? Yes. So how, how, how rough <laughs> is that? How hard is that when obviously um, you're seeing one thing on the stage, on, yeah. you know, one thing behind the pulpit, but behind the scenes, why do they turn out? I don't know, many times the way they do, uh, I, where you've turned out pretty good. <laughs> well, I'm working at it. You know, I, I can't blame it on my pet folks. If yeah, I, your dad did pretty I, good, I, man. Yeah. He ask his wife. Yeah. <laughs> so how about, how about you speak kind of from the same angle because you were raised in a uh, pastor's home as well. Yeah. Um, you know, again, my, my dad 
uh, was my mentor. Um, I had the awesome opportunity as Brad did. Uh, and, you know, the same exact thing. Uh, what I saw in the house, you know, I saw at church. Um, Dad was extremely, he helped me to be, he helped me to be transparent mm -hmm. uh, with my sins, transparent with um, everything mm -hmm. that uh, I would ever, I would go through as a teenager. Yeah. Um, so he really taught me to be the father that I became and also even I was able to take it to the next level. He always helped me to take it to the next level. Yeah. He, he would always say, Jeff, I, I want you to be better than what I was. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I believe that's what Paul wanted Timothy yeah. to be. And uh, so we need to ingrain that. You know, we need to take what some of the negative things that we went through, so, you know, uh, and, and uh, help, um, help the sons that were and daughters that were uh, uh, teaching and mentoring yeah. to be uh, just... You know, I, I hate to say it, but you know, like better. Yeah, absolutely. Go to the next sure. levels yeah, that good. what yeah. we were at. Absolutely, because your story is maybe similar with Nate, where you might not list your father right now right. as your spiritual father. So, like, how does that? Who did, who did you look to? How does that all play in your life? Yeah, I definitely got a lot in common with Nate. Um, the authority figures that I had in my life growing up were not solid; they were not spiritual. Uh, so I become a, a new believer at age 20. I start going to church, and, it, and I mean, God just set me up perfectly because He knew what I needed yeah. was spiritual fathering. I mean, you don't think of it in those terms at that right, time, for sure. But I knew I needed that, you know. Um, and sure enough, I ran into a guy. Uh, his name is Charlie. I just can't talk about spiritual fathers without mentioning him because he was my first and probably the most effective spiritual father that I ever had. Wow. And he just uh, he just loved on me and poured into me. He saw something in me. He would say those things. You got a lot of potential, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be on your case, you know. Yeah. And he did a really good job of that. He had perfect balance of stretching and challenging me, mm. and encouraging and inspiring me. I mean, God just, like I said, He just set me up perfectly. I'm gonna get you a guy that's gonna stretch you and challenge you, not let you stay where you're at, but He's gonna do it in a loving, caring, compassionate way. That's good. And uh, you know, and recently He He, he passed away, mm. but. Uh, Nevertheless, he was just probably uh, the, the most effective spiritual father I ever had. That's awesome. That's so cool that the first one God places in your path is the one that kind of set you up. Even think about this for this moment to talk about this, right. you know, right now, because obviously the goal people listening right now is to hopefully impact them in such a way that they'll say, I need to be a spiritual father. So can we talk about that with you guys a little bit? You guys are <laughs> spiritual fathers to probably so many people, but there's probably some specific ones. And I want to differentiate this concept between being a spiritual father and simply being a leader. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this scripture here, as we break it down in first Corinthians 4:15, is talking about being a teacher, being a leader, like tutoring all that. What's the difference? How do you guys uh, know when you're supposed to be a spiritual father to somebody and when you're simply just a leader to somebody? How do you differentiate that? How do you even practically go about that can whoever just is feeling that feeling in that question uh yeah i think as leaders everybody wants our time yeah and they may want some information but that doesn't mean that they want you know really to be transformed or they have the same goals mm. and so i think there is a little bit of uh spirit led in our hearts and minds as to who we can pour into because we're going to pour into somebody that may not at the moment we decide to start fathering them have any evidence that they have potential other than the Holy Spirit showing us. So when I was planning the church and I was bivocational and we were meeting in our home and I was taking a bunch of kids home and I was tired out and we had a baby and another one on the way, I just said, man, Lord, I need some help. And I felt the Holy Spirit. I can, I can still remember I was on Alexis in Douglas in Toledo taking a kid home and he said call Rick Flood Rick Flood would have been the last person I would have ever thought to call Wow. he wasn't wow. in the inner group of our youth group he had just kind of came to know the Lord was off at North Central with him and I never really connected although I knew him since he was little and I called him and the day that I called him left a message 
in his dorm room. He had went forward that day and changed his major and surrendered his life to ministry from psychology. Wow. And uh, that was, wow. he's been with me for 24 years. Mm. And he's my executive pastor. And incredible. so we grew together. And I didn't know much back then. Yeah. What I knew, I tried to impart. And then we've grown together. And so pouring into him is, you know, we wouldn't be the church we are today without without him. Like God knew long that this was going to be a long-term deal, not a coffee once a month. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? Because I just don't have time for that if people don't really want to be transformed and really, that's really good. jump into that. We're going to talk about that in a little bit because that's a good thought. Like you said, I don't have time for that. And that can sound harsh to people that understand that concept, right. but we need to break that down here in a little bit. How about any of you guys, you know, like, when do you say, okay, man, I just need to lead somebody, and man, I need to father somebody, anybody else? Yeah, I just think that, I believe it's first and second Timothy, I could be wrong, where it talks about Timothy, my true son in the true faith. Son in the faith. My true right. son. That tells me there's, that he's probably experienced some false mm-hmm. sons in the faith, wow. which is a whole other teaching. Yeah. Um, so when you send somebody as a true son in the faith, now you're going to be their spiritual father. Those that you're not really sure of, he may just be their teacher. I tell people all the time, there's a lot of people out there that I'm just their preacher. I'm not their pastor. Right. You know, wow. I'm your preacher. You, 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 you generally like my messages, but you won't let me pastor you. You so, won't let me father you. How, yeah. do you. how do you, let's just go there for a second. How do you take that? How does that make you feel as like, as you know that, that you're their shepherd, you know that's what God's called you to, do you just go, okay, cool. Uh, I'm going to now invest here, or does it does it does it bother your spirit? Does it does it hurt you that some people only want you to be a preacher, and not a pastor? How do you deal with that? Yeah, yeah, it does. It definitely hurts a little bit. I think as I've gotten older, um, you know, I don't take it as personal. And now it's kind of like, man, there's there's enough hungry people that want spiritual father figures, and I'm going to find them. Hmm. There's an old movie. It's probably a poor example, but it's one of my favorites. Uh, what about Bob? And uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> sorry, I'm going. Never there. seen it. I'm too <laughs> young. I'm really, yeah, Bill Murray. And I'm really aging myself here, but I mean, he's driving this counselor crazy, and he's showing up everywhere. And he's driving this counselor crazy. He's on his front porch. If counselor goes on vacation, he shows up on the vacation with him. And it's an extreme example, but I like it because the people that are aggressive, the people that are driving me nuts and calling me and texting me and want to hang out with me, they become my sons yeah. from the faith. And those that I got to constantly pursue, you know, maybe not so much. You know, yeah. so anyway, I don't know if that's a good example or not, but enjoy the movie. No, well, more biblically might be uh, <laughs> Elisha after Elijah. But, you know, what about Bob's right there? It's, it's all good. But, you know, sorry, I just really like that movie. Uh, yeah. okay. In fact, I told my team yeah. recently, I said, we're going to watch it as a team together because yeah. that's how I want to disciple you. <laughs> I'm never reading Elijah and Elisha ever again without thinking about what about Bob. Well, I can tell that's you. the difference between me and Nate and you and Jeff. <laughs> I like Nacho Libre. There's some, there's some mentoring in that. But you know what you were saying, David, about what do you do? I I think everyone that's been in ministry for any length of time, they will wrestle with what you just referred to, is that a lot of times you want it more for the people you're ministering to than they even want it for themselves. And to come to terms with that gap of you can't lose the passion that you have for them, even as a spiritual father, when the the child won't go any further at that given point. It, it's, it's something that everybody wrestles with and you have to leave it with the Lord that, Lord, I'm just gonna be found faithful. I'm gonna keep leading by example, but I can't live it for them as well. That's huge. You know, I like the fact of um, now when somebody says to me um, almost, uh, now, I don't have this a lot now, but sometimes in the past they used to say, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. You know, right away you can tell, well, they don't want to be mentored. <laughs> yeah. uh, but when they call you pastor, uh, that is so endearing. And I learned a long time ago, I am not a professional counselor. I am a shepherd. Yeah. When you can finally get to a point, uh, especially if you're in a small church situation and so on, and you can not try to be a counselor. Uh, Paul knew who he was. And um, pastors need to know who they are. We're shepherds. 
Yeah. We're not a professional counselor. I uh, hire counselors now, you know, and uh, to counsel our people. And so, or in when I was a small church pastor, I would have a list for people. These are people you, uh, you can go to. Yeah, my goal is to lead and to father. And uh, I love it like what Angelo was saying. Those that, uh, Bob's. Yeah, you know, Elijah, Elisha, that are on your doorstep, that won't leave you alone. Yeah. Um, uh, that gets to be a little annoying at times, but I like that. Yeah. Um, I, I tell different ones. When I have to keep telling people, hey, come to me, talk to me. I'm, I'm available at any time. Here's my number. And, and they're not taking me up on it. Hey, I'm good with that, too, because our time is so valuable. Uh, not only, you know, we have to prepare you know, sermons, we got to administrate. I mean, just dealing with it, you got two or more staff, you know, it goes on. And so, um, uh, but as a, as a shepherd, uh, I think it's so very, very important. Know that you're a shepherd. And when you know that, uh, it's easy now to father and then to lead. And, and, but then also don't let it uh, bother you if somebody uh, calls you by your first name. Uh, because you can't father everybody. Uh, don't let it bother you if, like Angelo said, hey, it doesn't bother me no more uh, if they call you a preacher. You're my preacher. You're not my pastor. Uh, I had somebody sort of similar uh, situation about a month ago say that to me. Um, I know that's out of, a lot of, out of immaturity on their side. I, I know that. And so God, you know, you let God work on them. Uh, but, uh, but the key is when you know you're a shepherd and you have those opportunities to, um, you know, just to mentor, uh, to father someone, be, uh, have them become a Timothy. I think the important thing is don't spin your wheels. Look for the Timothys. Yeah. You know, look for the ones that really want to dig their heels in and go full bore with you and just, you know, look for the Timothy. So... Do you think the Timothys are hard to find? Yes or no? Yes. 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 Generally, yes. Generally, yes. Why? I think they're harder to find right now because I don't know as if in the, the way culture is changing, the relational dynamic to have a father is quite what everyone's looking for. They're looking to be fathers and have followers when they're 16 years old instead mm. of, can somebody impart it in my life? Yet... We know 50% of homes in America do not have a father. And spiritually, the need for fathers is greater than when Paul wrote that, that everyone has a teacher. Everyone wants to tell you what you're doing wrong. Everyone wants to grade you. Everyone wants to critique you. But who's going to be the person that speaks into your life and say, you can do this. I believe in you. I'm going to show you, and I'm going to hold you accountable in love. Uh, they don't, I don't believe people realize how deeply they need that, but it's hard mm-hmm. to find somebody that wants that. Yeah. That's good. That's we good. have to ferret them out. Yeah. And I know, I know like a lot of people watching or listening to this. I, I know students, like, like you're saying, I know 16-year-olds that are watching this, right? And so I think it's amazing here we all are, we're pastors, but there's people that are watching and listening right now that that's not what they're called to be, but they still are called to be fathers, yeah. to be uh, spiritual fathers in yeah. people's lives. There's no substitute for one-on-one fathering or mothering. Mm-hmm. There's just no substitute for that. I'm all for, you know, podcast. Obviously, I'm all for listening to some of the great preachers and teachers of our of our generation. But they don't know your life, mm. right? And you don't know their life. Right. And that's the beauty of spiritual fathering is you get to see their life and they get to see your life. So again, there's no substitute for, for one-on-one fathering and or mothering. And I believe that every believer needs a Paul and a Timothy in their life. Yeah. A Paul is somebody yeah. more mature in the faith than you, and a Timothy is somebody less mature in the faith than you. You don't need a title for that. Yeah. Right. You just need the Spirit of God living in you. Yeah. You know? That's good. So if God's living in you, man, you got to have some Timothys in your life, That's which good. is difficult sometimes to find. And sometimes finding Pauls are difficult. But the healthiest Christians that I find have a Paul, more mature, and a Timothy, less mature in the faith in their life. Can, yeah. can I chime in? I, don't, sure. I, I also don't think that those are necessarily lifetime relationships. Right. Sure. That's I've good. been blessed yeah. at every level in my life. Like when my brother led me to Christ and was helping me, I also had a, a high school counselor 
who was a Christian who was pulling me in and everybody thought, well, he was just in trouble again because that's what I was doing. But and then talking to me about Jesus. What wow. did you read this morning? You're reading the Bible every day, aren't you, Nate? Sure. That's my high school counselor. I needed that father. And then when I got into the college, God provided another. And I saw sometimes I think even when we're being spiritual fathers, it's not always a lifetime commitment. Hmm. We're, you know, life is a big play. And we, sometimes we're just in one or two acts of a person's life but they need a father at that moment. And sometimes that relationship is very long-term and extremely meaningful. I think that's a good thought because I think that idea of almost spiritually fathering people can freak people out. Like, wow, that's a long, big commitment. You know what I mean? So maybe for those that are tuning in right now, and you talked about, you know, like, you know, a podcast is great, but there's nothing like, okay, so let's use this podcast to equip somebody to go do what there's nothing like doing, having that one-on-one relationship. What are some things that you guys practically do in terms of fathering people? What does that look like? What's some just like 101 we can give somebody of how they can begin being a spiritual father? David, I think uh, the term that we're dissecting today is what we really need to evaluate our lives with is Paul uses that term spiritual fathers. And a earthly father, just what Nate talked about, they go through different stages. When your dad saw you born, I mean, it was a nurturing stage. And so a good father has to understand, okay, hey, we're just going to be interested in feeding at this particular time, and then caring, and then nurturing. And then uh, you get to the early adolescence, it's, it's coaching in great part. And then eventually, you know what, uh, the stage that your dad and I are at uh, with our fathers, it's collegial. We're, we're dialoguing back and forth. So I would say a good spiritual father understands, hey, what does the child need? Wow. And sometimes it's nurturing. Sometimes it's discipline. You know what? We don't like those. But, man, each of us had spiritual dads. And when my dad buzzed the talk about practicality, when my dad buzzed my office when I was on staff with him, and he said, Brad, I want to see you in my office. <laughs> I was like, okay, here comes the discipline stage. I'm going to get it. You know what? It wasn't uh, berating. It wasn't, hey, you just, you need to correct this. This is out of line. And do you need to get back to square on that? And I thank the Lord for it. Mm. It saved me in my ministry. But, you know, to your point, your question, I think a good spiritual father understands that, hey, what does the son or the daughter need at that particular stage in their life? And And you can only really do that up close. You can only do that up close. close. And I would say, you know, as it reaches a particular stage spiritually, then uh, that father becomes, Paul was with that, when we see the writings of, of uh, the pastoral epistles to Timothy, he becomes a cheerleader. You know what, you can do this. Let no man despise your youth. Go mm-hmm. for it. You know what, don't, don't you uh, shrink back in fear. And so I, I think the spiritual father having an insight to really where that son or that daughter is at is huge on their part. Mm. Good work. So awesome. Anybody else? You know, when it comes to um, the spiritual father part, first of all, you got to have a Timothy that's willing. You know, you just got to have a Timothy that's willing. To find that Timothy is very, uh, I think the important thing too is, uh, I I love what Brad said, every one of us have different stages. Mm -hmm. Uh, As a youth pastor, I I couldn't really become a spiritual father to 40-year-olds, but I did to teenagers, and then I found myself... You know, become uh, you know an uncle and then a father and then yeah. you know you get older. But um, I think the important thing is to keep yourself as a shepherd, as a pastor, as a father, open. Doesn't matter how big your church is. It should not matter how big your church is. Always stay open, uh, available. And uh, when you find those Timothys in your life, um, uh, the key is. Uh, always um, is will they receive the discipline? Mm-hmm. Will they receive the correction? Like when that buzz, I had, I got those buzzes when my dad would yeah. say, hey, come into this. <laughs> then I learned even later, uh, I know I'm going to get the buzz, so I'm going to go there real quick and apologize. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beat the buzz. Humble yeah. myself. It's called wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, my dad will tell you to this day, 
Jeff always came in my office. By the end of the day, I knew that door was going to open, and sure enough, Jeff would apologize uh, because uh, I was the Timothy. I was willing, and it comes back to, again, don't spin your wheels on people that aren't willing to humble themselves and be mentored, but it takes that father to be willing to be open and, and you know, uh, uh, available, yeah. available. That's I was good. just going to say that, and I only had one one physical son, but I talked to people that have had two and three and four kids. And, you know, if you try to father one kid the same way you fathered the other kid or the other kids, you know, you may, you may struggle, you know, kind of a thing. So I think spiritually, you know, you really have to be able to be spirit led and adaptable because there's been some where at first, you know, that they weren't teachable. You know, I could just tell, you know, but I, but I, I thought, you know what, there's, there's potential there. I see something in that person. Yeah. And you keep going after, you keep going after, and then you kind of win their heart. And then there, there's others that right away you start pouring into them, and they're just hungry as can be. So sometimes I think we, we size people up because at first they don't seem teachable, they don't seem open, they're not ready for that spiritual father, and we give up on them too soon. And if you just would have been a little bit more patient, just like your earthly father would have, was patient with you at times, mm-hmm. you might have won their heart. Yeah. So just don't be careful because you can you can you can miss some great sons and daughters in the mm. faith because because they're not like the last one you you raised up mm. so to speak I, you know and that's just an interesting thought that's really a good uh, good point because the same thing happened in pastor paul the guy that's been with me for 15 years now um i saw something in him you know and as a shepherd as a father i god spoke to me i saw something in him saw something in him that he did not see in himself right and I would pursue him. I would pursue him. And at the time, we were probably 125 people in our church. But I knew there was ministry in this man. Right. And um, I'd bring him in my office, and I'd say, hey, do you want to at least be my volunteer youth pastor? No, I'm, I don't want those kids. I don't, I don't want them. I'm not a babysitter. And, I mean, he would really tick me off. I would, but in the Holy Spirit, I knew there was something about this guy. And, right. and finally, when the right moment came, when, when it was a God moment, um, shortly after he got married, God opened the door. He came on, became my youth pastor. He's been with me for 15 years. He's my missions pastor now. And he became my Timothy. He mm-hmm. let me father him. But I saw something in him that he didn't see in himself. And that's a really good point that a lot of, um, uh, especially small church pastors, don't give up. If you're feeling something, don't give up. That's good. Right. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that, that up, Jeff, because I was uh, often think that we say, you know, Timothy, you're looking for a Timothy. The only Timothy we know was an incredible writer in the Bible and graduated at the top of Paul's class. Mm. But what was he like when Paul started with oh, him? Exactly. Yeah, right. We don't exactly. have a glimpse into the right. Timothy being like, I don't want to babysit those kids, Paul. We don't have <laughs> a glimpse into that kind yeah, of right. Timothy. Right. And so I really think, you know, we kind of sometimes as leader, God gives us a discerning heart yeah. and an aerial view into people's lives. And we can see that there's incredible potential. And maybe they're not going to be a full-time pastor, but how about right. a successful dad? Right. How about breaking the dysfunction, you know, of a life where there's, it's full of curses and Jesus comes into their life and, and cancels all of that out because somebody believed in them. Right. Because it doesn't matter what stage our, our kids are at, whether we're at the mm-hmm. nurturing or the coaching or the discipline, fathers encourage. Absolutely. Fathers call things out of people they don't yep. know that is in them. That's the word encouragement. The etymology is very simple. You put courage in them. Ooh. Encourage. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so you're saying... I thought about church planting because Hugh Duncan said, I bet you could plant a church. Yeah. I'd never, somebody believes in me, he encouraged me. You right. can serve the Lord. Mm. You don't have to live like your family. You, you are going to be a good husband. People mm. just sometimes need to know somebody believes in them. Mm-hmm. To have the Holy Spirit just rise up in them and give them incredible success. And Father's roles are to do that. Yeah. They are to be the voice of God incarnate on the earth to call things forward in their life that's, that's so a good. good word that's a and good word so good kids what nate said kids want the dad's affirmation i mean 
fathers need to understand that, that that son or that daughter, they need my encouragement. And that's a huge step to being a good godly dad. You think about that, uh, David, that uh, remember Joseph gets thrown into the pit, sold into uh, Egypt, falsely accused, spends a decade in jail. He discovers his brothers. They're coming to look for food in Egypt because of the famine. Remember what he says to his brothers when he sends them back? He says, hey, make sure you tell dad what, what kind of guy I've become. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's amazing. That's that brilliant. There's a desire in every Is that a movie. Sp- no, no movie that I, uh, unless Whoa. it's a Bible movie. I think Donny Osmond. You lost me on that one. You're going to have to inform me. It's not the amazing Technicolor dream coat, dude. You know what? What what an amazing uh, illustration of how sons want the dad's Mm, affirmation. And so we've got to be doing that as dads. We needed that when we were spiritual kids, you know, maturing. And what Nate said, we got to be able to see that, that the spiritual sons and daughters need the dad cheering. You start affirming, you start calling kids out yeah. like that, you start, you, yeah. you're going to have not enough time to father. Well, my heart breaks today because I think we all have talked about this and we've seen this in this generation of so-called pastors coming up. Don't forget, if you put a label of pastor before your name, you're a shepherd. It's not your preaching that they're going to remember. I, you know, it, it's... It's not trying to be the next greatest of the great. It's to father. It's to shepherd. It's to lead the, flo- the flock. And, uh, and so many of the, this generation needs to understand that uh, if you're going to be a pastor, you're going to be a shepherd. You're going to be a father. You've got to be a father. Encourage 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 especially i i love the fact that when you said that with uh timothy we didn't see timothy in the beginning you know and also this generation i think this is a good example of what this generation is dealing with 50 percent didn't have the doesn't have a father and so i encourage pastors to father shepherd uh their flock also yeah you talked about how uh Timothy, we see like the end game, but we didn't really see the beginning. Uh, We know what his mom was a Jew, his dad Mm -hmm. was a Gentile, appears a little possibly dysfunctional, like Mm -hmm. looking into it. Yet Paul saw something and he claimed Timothy. He said, you're my son. It's interesting in the writings, you don't see Timothy saying, hey, will you be my dad? Right. He said, you're my son. So Paul claims Timothy. He says, okay, you're going to be my son and I'm going to father you in the midst of seeing a situation. Um, you guys talked about, it almost sounds like you guys were speaking different things. I want to bring clarity to this because you were saying essentially people coming after you and you were referring to going after somebody. Mm. So can we talk about that? Can we talk about where is this line? You see Jesus, he calls the 12 disciples, come follow me. But then after that, you see they were coming to him about stuff. Uh, uh, Jesus, uh, what about this? Uh, uh, Jesus, can we do this? So where is this point in which you kept referring to this phrase, spinning your wheels. Where is this point in which you're supposed to go after people because God, you know, like God, the Holy Spirit spoke to you and said, go after this guy. Yeah. You know, you went after Pastor Paul. But then it's also what you're saying is true. Yeah. People coming to you. Where's the point in which we need to allow people to come to us as fathers and where we need to go out to people as spiritual fathers? And how do you define the point in which you're spinning your wheels? I, I think real quick uh, in Matthew 13, chapter 13, just uh, preached on this. Um, the uh, servants went to the king and said, hey, they, a bunch of weeds have just been planted in, the, in our field. And, um, and the Bible says in Matthew 13 that the good people plant seeds, but the evil people plant weeds. And... Um, not that those around us are all evil, but we have to be very careful that we don't spin our wheels. I think we all could say the ones we put most of our time in, when we look at the history of our shepherding, uh, we probably put most of our time in, but they're, they're the ones that have hurt us. Could you guys say that? No. That's the a case lot of a lot of times. A lot I mean, of case. We, yeah. we've a lot of truth to that. Yeah. I mean, Paul fathered Demas too. Right, right, right. 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 And also Jesus had a Judas. Mm-hmm. And, um, but 
you know, we, we have to be discerning. I mean, I'm still trying to learn this. Yeah. I'm still trying to learn this. We have to be discerning. And uh, I'm very careful. Um, is that person going to put wheat in my field? Or is that person going to put good seed? You know? And so uh, I think it's, it's just very, um, uh, that spirit of discernment mm -hmm. as a shepherd we need as fathers. Mm -hmm. Because um, God says our time is very valuable, especially in these last days. And so that's all. It's just trying to be discerning of that who's going to spin my wheels, who's going to waste my time. Um, I'm, I'm willing to be available for everybody. But then I liked what Angelo said. Um, as shepherds, I think we need to build up many fathers because we can't father them all. Yeah. But we need to build up many fathers to father. So how do you tell when to see people come to you, when to go to people? How do you make sure that because the devil wants you to spin your wheels. Yeah, to anybody that is a believer in Jesus Christ, his goal is to get you in a rut, spinning your wheels because you could be productive, pouring into people that could impact the kingdom, and he wants you stuck over here. And he sends people to us to get us stuck. So how do you guys manage that? I think some, sometimes for me, somebody will stick out, and it may be because they're a little mm -hmm. more fervent in their faith or you know they've gone through something and you kind of, you throw out a, I don't know if I can use the term fishing, but you kind of, hey, would you you'd be interested in doing this or that? And just kind of see how they react, how they respond. If they're super eager, if they're honored, if they follow through. I mean, those are all indicators. But if we're pouring into somebody and they're no different than before we met them. Right. Yeah. Or they want their demands on you are a little different or they just don't seem to be teachable. They don't seem to be pliable. Right. They seem to have an end game and, an, and their heart for the Lord is, it, it looks all there, but once you meet with them, you kind of know that it's not. I remember kids like, I need a mentor, I need a father. Will you, will you help me? And I met with him <clears throat> and listened to him talk for two hours and then he's like, well, I gotta go to work. Yeah. yeah, you know, um, I had that guy, and then he texts me, you know, a couple of months later, like, how come you've never called me? How come you've never reached out to me? You know, how come, you know, and he moved on to a different church. He was expecting me, you know, yeah. and that's that's not a true sign of somebody that that wants a spiritual he needed father. Needed a best friend. Yeah, he needed a friend. Yeah. He needed a buddy. He needed. Yeah. Thought I could fill fill that in his life, and like I said, you know, we don't we don't we have time because we love people, we're going to make time for that, but not repeatedly. We just can't. Yeah. yeah. Super good. I, I think, David, um, really what, what has been stated, you look, you try and discern, you see is there fruit. Nate talked about that. And I think that there is a, a spiritual attraction that happens. I think of even what happened with Jesus and the 12. He's got the, he's got the 70, he's got the 12, but then he's got uh, the inner three that are closer to him that he's pouring more into. And I think that uh, there's a, a spiritual connection that happens many times that is going to filter out, quite honestly, some of the uh, ones that don't see themselves as a son and you might not see yourself as their father. I think of... Um, a young man that grew up in our youth group. He just liked to be around me, and I, I enjoyed him being around me. Um, then we brought him on staff when I uh, planted in Brighton, and then we sent him out. Kurt Demoff would be a classic example of yeah. a spiritual son pastoring a great church in Clarkston now. His wife was would be really a, a, a daughter to me in many respects, and it, there was a spiritual connection. Yeah. And you just... Um, I think what your dad, uh, Jeff, and Nate said that, man, there just seems to be fruit that's being bore there, and you're saying, you know what, okay, they, I'm going to pour more into them, and I'm going to spend more time, and, and they want it to be reciprocal. They, they, they like being around you, yeah. and um, I, I think that the Spirit can lead you to those godly sons and daughters along the way. Amen. And, um, and I, think, I think what's so difficult... Uh, I think you would all say this. I think um, anybody that's in ministry or that feels a call to lead well or to be, say, feels this call. Maybe there are people are listening, watching, they're saying, I want to be a spiritual father. Yeah. 
it's tough to gauge being compassionate yeah. and saying, <laughs> okay, and we're going to talk about this in another podcast coming up and saying, okay, I know this person's just trying to spin, you know, my wheels, you know, and, and uh, I know you've always taught me this like that, um, you know, scripture says, you know, that the devil even shows us, scripture shows the devil even brings wolves and sheep's clothing here. So you're talking about some things we're looking for, okay, in terms of saying, uh, I know if I'm not seeing, I love Nate, some of the things you said, if I'm not seeing some of these things, if I'm not seeing change in somebody, man, this is spinning my wheels. And the bottom line, I think you just referenced, we had to raise up a lot of fathers because there's only one of us. We only have so much time. This is why we're praying that people taking in this podcast will we'll grab that call to be it. Absolutely. So could you just give me, could we end with this? Give me a, a story, and it's, you've already shared some already, of somebody that you spiritually fathered, what did, what did it look like? What was the byproduct? Like, and I, I think something that the Holy Spirit was speaking to me as you guys were talking is you have to first learn to be a Timothy before you can learn to be a Paul. And each of you learned to be fathered, therefore you learn to become a father. Yeah. So perfect. could you just give me like a, a story or an illustration of that for with you, Pastor Angela? Yeah, I think, I think the key to the, you know, when is it time to maybe pull away from that relationship they're not really receiving you anymore. Maybe they're, I don't want to say you're, they're wasting your time, but to some degree they are, is if you're a Paul to them and they're a Timothy to you, if they don't have any Timothys under them, hmm. that's a good indicator a good word. that it's time for you to pull away. Mm-hmm. And I'm, again, generalizing. Yeah, you know, they, they should have followers or shall we say sons and or daughters under them. So if you're pouring into them and speaking into their life and speaking into their life and ain't no one following them hmm. and they're not following anybody else, it's a good indication that you, you know you may be spinning your wheels, or it's time to pour into somebody else. And I just think of uh, most of you know Matt Vandersteen, yeah. who is presently the district youth director in the Michigan district. And you know the first year or so, man, they were, I was pulling out my hair. He had just come out of Bible college. He was really young. He thought he could stay out to three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, <laughs> and have a job. You know, and I remember just sitting him down doing, dude, this ain't college anymore. You can still hang out with the, with, with the young people. I want you to do that, but not till four in the morning, you know, <laughs> because I can't get you in by nine, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever it was. And I remember just fathering him and, and, and teaching him how to be a, a pastor. And, yeah. and he would, you know, it was teachable. Yeah. Maybe at first, maybe not so much, but long term, he was amazing. And, and, and I kept pouring into him because you look and you went, look at the people following him. Yeah. Look at the sons and the daughters under him. I'm going to keep pouring into this guy, pouring into this guy. He was an amazing, oh, I said was, he is an amazing leader. Yes, he is. That's a great thought. I, like You can see that in, in Pastor Matt's life. Yeah, you right. see his leadership and how he's grown and how he's mm-hmm. fathering. That's so good. He's a better leader than than I am. Well, there's no doubt about it. I mean, well, hey, isn't that what you were saying earlier? Yeah, like, it's what we want, man. We want yeah, it's what you want. Our roof there's to no, be their floor. Yeah, isn't that the goal? Absolutely. You know, like that's the goal of any any parent for their kids right. as well. They they want them blessed. A youth pastor in Indiana and led a man to the Lord whose son then was eight years old. His son showed up in my church years later after living rebellious, coming back to the Lord, moved across the street from us, lived there for a year. When I was in a youth pastor in Indiana, we had maybe had 50 kids in our youth group in a little town like that. It was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. This kid lived with us for a year, was part of our staff. We mentored him up. I fathered him. He's in my home, watched my kids, ate my meals. And he went back down to Linton as a youth pastor, had 100 kids. Wow. And so he exceeded, you know, anything that I had accomplished nice. in that town. And now he's, he's the pastor there, Billy Worland, doing That's a phenomenal amazing. job. But I'm, I'm telling you, it was a 24-7 yeah. As far as accountability, and he was teachable, and he was a little stubborn. He had some leadership giftings. Um, but I, I tell him now that when you call me, it's like my kid's calling me. I will walk out of a meeting and take your call. Mm, and that kind of commitment, because I know there are people that would do that for me. It's good. My, good. my Paul's. It's and and what you're saying, it is a commitment. It is. And so could, could you guys close with this? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, just in one sentence, could yeah. you give me here? I want you to implore our viewers and listeners, the ones a part of this kind of journey with this podcast with us, implore them to be a father. Why would you tell them? What is the payoff? Why should they invest? Why should they commit to saying, okay, I will be a spiritual father? What's the payoff? The payoff is you get to see children grow up and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Paul said to Timothy, 2 
Timothy 2.2, you know what, the things that you've seen that I've entrusted to you, you entrust the other men that can entrust them to reliable men. Four generations right wow. there. That's good. And so just to see children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, mm -hmm. it's a payoff. I would say the only way to outlive yourself is to reproduce yourself. You know, good. So legacy. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, you just, I mean, if you think about so many people in our churches today that are hearing the word, hearing the word, hearing the word, hearing the word, but they're not fathering or mothering anybody, you know, I'm not saying that that's not valuable, but man, oh man, when you reproduce yourself, yeah, so good. You know, now you have a legacy and you have a heritage. I love that. And I think in our season of life, yeah. Not yours, ours. <laughs> I'm not there yet. Yeah, that's good. I was going to go there. A lot, we, we've got to see some of our dreams that God put in our hearts fulfilled. You know, we wanted to plant great churches. We wanted to re revise a church. We wanted to see our kids serve God. We wanted to see, we've got to see a lot of those things. Um, now, I think God wants to use us and maybe use some of the of people uh, listening. That's not about us anymore. Right. It's about God using us to help other people see the dreams fulfilled wow. that God has put Good into word. their hearts. And if we don't pass the baton, if we don't raise up people, if we don't continue to encourage people, you know, um, then we just continue to live for ourselves and our dreams and hopes. And, and that's not what God has for us anymore. That's good. good. Great that's word. Awesome. Yeah, I would uh, say to a lot of people out there that are listening during this time of COVID, uh, you got a lot of time on your hands. A lot of people are staying home from church. A lot of people are getting lazy. Um, it, not only has a pandemic been going on, but it's like a pan pandemic spiritually that's been going on. And I, I just want to say to you as retired men that if you're spending a lot of time in in the wood Car or uh, carving wood or out in the pole barn or in your you hobby. Um, uh, oh, I forgot. That's right. You carve wood. Come on, Jeff. Why don't you just go for the juggler? <laughs> but your point. I'm, I'm father it. people in wood carving, okay? Your point. We gotta go back to there. No, 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 put that in there. Everyone knows I'm a wood carver. You don't cut that out. I'll just wait until it. <laughs> I'm not retired. I won't go there. He's not retired. No, damn, keep going. I'm trying to tell you, keep going. I'm trying to talk over these guys. But he's doing that while he's pouring into people. Right. I'm not talking about Nate. But these are the most valuable. You know, men and all, you know, women can be mothers to, but we're talking about spiritual fathers too. And men need to feel purpose. They need to feel purpose. And I'm, I'm telling you, um, I have hobby. I, I build drones. I fly drones. I fly planes. I, I do all that. Get but the mate. greatest thing is when a little or when a, uh, somebody comes up to me and wants me to teach them how to fly a plane. And then I start talking to them about Jesus Christ. Then I start talking to them about uh, going to church. And uh, men need to feel purpose. If you got to take that hobby, if it's carving wood or whatever, you got to take that hobby like Nate does do that. Yeah. And he fathers a lot of people doing that. But, um, <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just saying to so many retired right. men, yeah. you want to feel purpose? Start pouring yourself. Go to your church. Get out of your house. Go to your church and go to your pastor and say, Give me a young man, you know, a, a teenager, young, uh, young adult, whoever that doesn't have a father, and can I now start pouring that's into good, their life? Right. You know, the secular world does it. It's yeah. called what? Internships. Well, yeah. internships, yeah. but uh, uh, what's it called? Big brother. Big brother. And, yeah. Yeah. Big brother organization. The church needs to do that. Yeah. And yeah. we need yeah. these retired men. Uh, you have so many skills. You have such... Uh, so much experience yeah. you have so much wisdom and uh god needs you That's so good. strong well the bottom line is you never 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 retire from spiritual fathering and or Amen. spiritual mothering you know you just you never retire yeah. from that my first spiritual father never retired passed away at 82 years old 
And to the day that he passed away, he was still mentoring me. He was still fathering me, still speaking into my life. Wow. First Corinthians 4.15, for if you were to have countless tutors in Christ, yet you would not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father. Mm. Wow. I love this. Through the gospel. Amen. It's great. It's through the gospel. The good news of Jesus is what allows us to continue to father people. And, you know, even I'm turning 33 years old, and I might not get to father like you guys, but I still get to father. Absolutely. Maybe there's a 15-year-old listening right now, a a young man or a woman, a young person. You get to father. Like, you get to Mm -hmm. begin the journey. And I would say, I'd encourage people listening, start by becoming a Timothy. Yes. Being willing to be fathered so that you can step into being fathered. Hey, Pastor Brad, would you just pray over this thought? Yeah. Lord, I bind together with people that are watching and uh, with my brothers that are here today. I pray that you would raise up godly, spiritual fathers. Mm. Speak to men and women to parent, Mm. Lord, to pass the baton. The most dangerous time of any relay race is the exchange of the baton. And we're handing the baton to the next generation each and every day. And so, Lord, would you help us? Lord, to securely pass the spiritual baton to sons and daughters. Lord, I I pray for spiritual sons and daughters that are out there, that they would uh, take on a spirit of Elisha and uh, follow after a spiritual father, and uh, they they would seek after them and uh, emulate their lives. Mm -hmm. And I pray, Lord, that the church of Jesus Christ might continue to uh, propagate itself because we do father. And uh, just as healthy people reproduce, Lord, I pray that production might take place in our churches, in our locales. I I want that in Brighton. I know Nate wants Mm. that in in Bedford and Pastor Jeff and Imlay and and Angelo in Anchor Bay. Lord, raise up godly dads and mothers across our fellowship, across, across Christendom, even today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.